0: This is a total sideboard, but I was going back and listening to this. There's this woman who has this Project Camelot. She's a fucking maniac, but she's like anti-vax, anti-Semite, all this shit, but like somehow ties it to aliens. (laughs) At one point, she had a theory on COVID that the Chinese created it out of bats. And you know, there was that story going around that the Chinese were welding people inside. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) I missed that. That was because the Chinese had developed the virus with aliens. I forget which alien group it was Mm. using bats and they were creating vampires. So they had to weld them in their house because they've made too many vampires. (laughs) It's like, that's the kind of shit these people say. That's (laughs) fucking hilarious.
1: (laughs) It just takes for granted that these aliens exist and that there's multiple different kinds of aliens. And they're interested in the machinations of iris and Chinese diplomatic relationships with the rest of the world
0: oh yeah like the dude it's (laughs) fucking insane when you listen to this shit like the i think the palladians are the good ones on our side (laughs) and the the raptors are also good people but the reptilians are bad and at one point the this is an actual thing they said the spider leadership was on the side of the vietnamese
1: (laughs) oh but they left the, the side of the vietnamese I no guess.
0: no i think they fought they fought
1: with them during vietnam that was so they're good guys or
2: they're no, bad no, guys well they're good guys <laughs>
1: for us they're bad guys to her. <laughs> okay critical support for the spider people
0: <laughs> yeah it's yeah it's it's safe. but anyway
2: we're never gonna get through this fucking article <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's get into it. Welcome to the Intervention Podcast. It's Nick here with Levi and Steve, and we're going to do a little bit of a slop episode tonight as we get prepared for some more serious stuff, more PZE, and hopefully some more Ireland IRA stuff shortly. So just to kind of do a reset here tonight and have more of a casual conversation and an article reading... Maybe we can all just start by going around and giving a sense of where our mindset's at right now. I like this really bizarre moment. It's like everybody else, or almost everybody else, I guess at this point in time, you know, you grab your phone in the morning and just scroll through whatever your preferred social media app is. And I don't know why I woke up, maybe I had a nice dream or something the night before. I have no idea. But I thought, you know what? I feel like I'm going to see something good today. (laughs) I don't know why in the first video I saw was the video of the IOF soldiers dressed up as Palestinians running through a hospital to assassinate three injured Palestinian men. I think it was in Janine. And I was like, well, my day is completely fucking ruined now, but I don't know like why, (laughs) why I woke up with that feeling, but it,
1: it was, it was some bizarre dissonance for me. Calling them men is also maybe giving them a little too much.
2: The last two ringing in my head, I think it was the two brothers. One was 18, which to your point, the other one was 23. But again, even at 23, Jesus Christ, you know, I mean, in any, in any context, like any, any age group or any age of these people like to be assassinated in this manner or in any manner. But like, this was just particularly gross, like seeing the video and how they had like dressed up and disguised themselves just to assassinate these
1: three bedridden
2: children, whatever.
1: I mean, it's murder. You're not supposed to murder people while receiving care in a hospital. Yeah. It's just basic grounds of morality. I guess my mind has been in a slightly different place just based on what I've been listening and reading re- lately. I guess now that Trump has been the presumptive nominee for, what, two years now? People are finally coming to grips with it and yeah. writing more critical pieces on how we might understand... The way Trump's followers are going to articulate a future Trump administration and foreign policy. And I I think we'll actually touch on that a bit tonight with the article we're going to go over with how QAnon is sort of processing Hamas. It really is terrifying. I'm not going to say that it's to the point where I would ever recommend that anybody vote for Joe Biden. But it really is a different kind of degree and understanding Maybe it's not worse, but maybe more deranged, although it has the same outcome.
0: And we get to gear up for the holy war that Trump's about to start with Taylor Swift. (laughs) Really scary shit.
2: Yeah. So my wife, she got some of those like free bets. For like ESPN or FanDuel or whatever it is, DraftKings, just for fun because like they're giving away money for free to try to hook you into gambling. But like she'll do the, she'll take the free things and then like delete the app. So we were just looking at some of the prop bets around the Super Bowl to tie this into Taylor Swift. And I said, well, we definitely have to bet on the Chiefs winning and Travis Kelsey scoring touchdowns because that's what the deep state wants, right?
1: <laughs> He's going to come out at halftime and endorse Biden as well, apparently. <laughs> That's going to we're win going them to back to the youth box. vote, right? That's right. The Swifties. I thought you were going to announce that we have a new sponsor. Did that lead in? Yeah, and this, this episode is brought to you by DraftKings. Make sure
2: you get your $200 bonus bet free offer. Make sure to place it before the Super Bowl.
0: <laughs> There's a ton of stuff in England about some of the podcasts I listen to that are more sports-based. The Guardian has a good one on football. They try and tie in like humanity pieces or human, you know, stuff about that, but they do a lot on betting because in England, you know, betting has been legal for a long time and it's prevalent. And a lot of these teams are sponsored by betting companies and the guys who host it have friends. And there's a lot of stories about people that, you know, have lost everything from betting, um, including players. And they're always go back to this argument of, would you take money from a betting company? It's despite the fact that it completely ruins so many people's lives.
2: The slippery slope. It's a ethical consumption under capitalism kind of thing at some level, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I mean, what about Nike? You know, how many people's lives have they ruined? Yeah. <laughs> People don't think twice about that. Nope.
1: Just <laughs> why we are sponsored by the Pennsylvania lottery Yeah. Right. <laughs> or elderly Pennsylvanians. That's right. Fund your grandma's retirement. <laughs> Fund your grandma's retirement with some scratch offs. That's right. <laughs> Groundhog's days around the corner. <laughs>
2: Speaking of grandmas that need to retire, did you guys see Pelosi? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I I think when you sent that to me, I honestly asked, is she still in Congress? I really had no idea that she was still around. I thought she had retired. She's not in
0: Congress, is she? Did she leave? <laughs> oh, yeah. I thought she's still in Congress. I, I don't know. No, I, I mean, I thought she had to step. Well, when I thought when they got the speaker, I thought she... Maybe she still is. Yeah, but she's shit, still a know.
2: rap. I mean, just because she doesn't have the speakership. Oh, I thought, mean
0: she, I thought she left, but yeah, I guess you're probably right. I don't know. Who cares? <laughs>
1: oh, man, you're right. Yeah, so she is still the incumbent U.S. House of Representatives of California. Jesus. 11th District. Good for them. What was, like, the combined age of between
0: her and Feinstein? Like, 180? Just rolling these fucking corpses out?
2: Oh, yeah.
1: What's the combined age of the four figures that run the US government like the heads
2: Chuck Schumer I mean just assume they're all 80 it's on like average Amy right It's like Amy Schumer's uncle yeah, isn't he, he is <laughs> I think so
1: So the youngest one among them is uh, Justice Roberts <laughs> Is that Johnson the new speaker of the house is he not Bro, That's young? right
0: There's a new one fucking maniac the oh. one that has an app so he can him and his son can monitor their porn activity <laughs> Is
2: that real like God's eyes or something like that. Yeah. yeah. I, I, that's not the actual name of it, but it's something like that. It's a how does it monitor that? It's accountability, buddy.
0: It gives them like warnings if the other one is looking at porn or something. <laughs> I <don't think>
2: <laughs> yeah. Like, so it'll notify your accountability buddy if like you look at porn.
0: Country's so fucked. <laughs> I was watching TV after, like, while I was eating dinner, just after I finished. What is Amica or Amica? Is it like an insurance company? I think so. I think it's an insurance company. I think it was an insurance commercial. And it was like all this shit of people like not wanting to interact with each other. And then someone gets in a car crash and they call this Amica and and they answer the phone. And then it like shows everybody interacting. And it's like showing someone else humanity or showing someone else kindness is not, it's a human act. We should all be human. I was like, fuck me. That's how bad this country is. We have to have these fucking ads like saying shit like that for insurance. Yeah. Don't be a fucking monster to everybody buy our insurance instead. It just depressed me a little bit.
2: I mean, there's a lot more commercials now, like weaponizing material conditions, deteriorating. Like Brett talked about this. I don't want to present it as unique because Brett talked about it on like a Patreon episode, but showing the generational divide, right? Like, so it would say, okay, at, the boomer level, you can get a job, buy a house, go to college, retire. And same thing for the previous generation. It's like now work two jobs, don't can't pay back your student loan. So it was identifying like real fucking material conditions, problems facing our generation now. But like the punchline was invest in this Bitcoin. And it was like, oh my God. <laughs> like, yeah. why is this so psychotic?
0: This place. But even like on. YouTube shorts or Instagram or any of that shit. There's all these ads now, or like people make these reels now that they're like 30 years ago, some guy goes to a real estate agent. How much you got to spend 30,000? I didn't know I was dealing with a high roller. Like this is, you know, we'll <laughs> get you a house. Now it's like someone goes, how much money do you have to spend on a house? A hundred thousand. <laughs> they just like laugh at laughing. Yeah. You're fucked pal.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know, but I brought up Pelosi because she's trying to pin basically all of the support for Palestine on Russia and China? Yeah. Because she went on CNN and said, the people calling for a ceasefire, that's Putin's message she's going on fucking CNN. And then she was confronted by Code Pink, which is an anti-war, anti-imperialist organization comprised mostly of women, I think almost all women. And they confronted her in her driveway and she fucking screeched out, Go back to China. That's where your office is, isn't it? Yeah, I (laughs) saw that. In the span of two days. It's like the farce of McCarthyism.
0: Yeah.
1: That was basically the line to try to delegitimize Trump's election, rather than actually look at the foundational reasons as to why somebody like that won was to think of Russia.
0: That and the left. It's always the left's fault for not voting for Trump, for not voting for Biden or Clinton or whoever.
1: I think that's China in her mind. Yeah. Fair. China is the left. Russia is the epitome of evil.
2: That's where these things converge in like protesters calling for a fucking ceasefire to a genocide.
1: Yeah. Calling for the end of a genocide <laughs> is the convergence yeah. of all evil and the left, which I guess in her mind is probably very little difference between the two. Yeah. Since a lot of her entire career has been about punching left in order to secure more influence and power. Mm hmm. That's the M.O. of almost every president or leadership position in the Democratic Party. Absolutely.
0: Like, the three headlines I saw today were like, I, I think I saw that Pelosi thing like yesterday. And then another one I saw was that New York Times story I sent you guys.
2: Oh, about the, the women in the IDF?
0: Yeah. It's fucking like, as I think I said in that message to you, like, libness at its peak. Yeah. Maybe don't kill Palestinians, but like
1: when women do it, it that's progress. We're being progressive. Fucking disgusting! Did you know that gay people can join the Israeli military and commit genocide? Yeah, talk about progress.
0: That's like one of Bill Maher's big things. All you gays should support Israel because if you were, if you support Palestine, they'll just kill you. He like says shit like that all the time.
1: Cause he's fucking genius.
0: But the other thing I said I saw was like, have you seen that shit? DeSantis said about Ilan Omar
1: is that after he grovelled to. Daddy Trump or...
0: Yeah, it was after. I guess she she was talking to some... She's from Minnesota. Yeah. She reps like a a pretty heavy Somali population there. And she was saying like, you know, she would put the Somalis first and like talking about her constituents. And then because she said like Somalia first, DeSantis said we should kick her out of Congress, take away her naturalization and deport her.
1: (laughs) 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 Fuck it. To be fair, he has said that about Congress people that say that they're putting their Jewish constituents first, that he wants them deported to Israel.
2: Does he not take APEC money? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's fucked. Other highlights include we've cut off UNRWA aid to Gaza. And but Blinken is still tweeting out about how he's trying to find humanitarian aid for Gaza. I don't even <laughs> I, I can't. There's like there's no there's nothing left to
1: comment on this kind of shit. Like there's nothing left to say. It's just so upfront, blatant hypocrisy and just lack of humanity is unbelievable. I was in New York last week in order to get visa paperwork processed for an imminent move to Germany. And right next to the New York Times building is a giant billboard that says, release the hostages. It has a picture of two people that I imagine were uh, captured on October 7th. And underneath it, it says, complicit in the Hamas terrorist attack, and it writes New York Times, UNRWA, and the Islamic Republic of Iran. To this mind, these people, these organizations are all terrorist organizations, the New York Times, UNRWA, and Iran. They're somehow all receiving dictation from each other. I can't conceive of thinking of the UN as such a powerful organization what are they pointing at in terms of what the un has actually accomplished that they think is so awful and terrible why does the un live in their minds
2: yeah unra funding cut came after the icj ruling obviously right and then mm-hmm. israel accused unra of supporting the hamas attacks on october 7th okay on the basis that they employed people that were in Hamas. Okay. Again, like they're labeled as a terrorist group here, right? But only here. And Norm Finkelstein has a good series of tweets on this shit. And it's like, if you understand Hamas is like a political organization, then it makes complete sense that people might have day jobs working for fucking UNRWA in Gaza. Yeah.
1: And that's the Israeli position. That's like intentionally conflating the idea of Hamas as a political organization with Hamas is a militant guerrilla organization. But there's also just the reality that I think that they found 10 credible cases of individuals in UNRWA that had a relationship to the guerrilla organization, albeit an organization that employs thousands of people. They found 10. Mm -hmm. That's not an organization that's run and controlled by the militant guerrilla faction of Hamas. It's an organization that Employees from the mass of people in the locations that they service.
2: Well, but that's the thing you have to understand. Like Hamas has a militant arm, the Al Qassam Brigades, and they have a political arm. It's all under one organization. But one of the pillars of the political arm that has granted them legitimacy and popularity is Relief Works. So, God, imagine mm-hmm. them working with the UN, the Relief Works Agency, right? Like when like that is like the main way to get relief in there. So you have this like what most of the world recognizes as like a legitimate political body working with their main
1: mechanism of getting aid in. Right. I I mean, it's fucking insane, dude. I'd like to even just clarify that I personally, I don't know that I would care if 100% of the people working in UNRWA had a relationship to the militant arm of Hamas. But the point is that doesn't even exist. That's not a real connection. It's pure Israel reporting to the West what it's found, and then the West receiving it uncritically and taking actions that are going to be to the detriment of thousands of human beings without any second consideration to it. And then there's like this very obvious comparison that can be made of, well, how many war criminals are in the state of Israel? How many war crimes have been committed by the IOF, IDF? Definitely more than 10 people in that organization have committed war crimes, yet there's no massive pooling of funding or support from the state of Israel for their actions in Gaza. It's all pulled from the Palestinian people. To
2: go back to that story that I mentioned off the top, just imagine if those were Palestinian people infiltrating a Israeli hospital. Imagine, imagine the outcry and the backlash. Oh, yeah. Like we would see a billboard just about that. We'd see a fucking Super Bowl ad about it.
1: Even put a finer point on it. Could you imagine if Russia did something like that in Ukraine? I mean, there's
0: that video. Of, it's blinking, right? That video that everybody keeps showing now of like him talking about Russia saying, you know, when you bomb hospitals, when you target civilians, we will never stand for this. This is terrorist activity. And now just doesn't say shit now. it's like you were saying about hypocrisy. You, you think these people, when they're confronted with their hypocrisy, would be ashamed, but uh, they don't care. They don't give a shit. I can kind of never forgive, but I can kind of understand these politicians taking certain points because of funding and because this is capitalism, you know, but the lack of humanity I've seen in some videos, like I was watching one and it was some Orthodox Jews protesting against what's going on in Palestine, like calling for a ceasefire and like a Zionist walks past this old woman and she's like, you should have all died in the gas chambers. (laughs) I'm like, holy shit. Like, how can you, Jesus Christ. This, again, like a lack of humanity from a normal person, because you think if you have no material benefit from Israel, well, I mean, of course she's a Zionist, who, you know, she, she does, but even people in the United States who have like no connection and no gain, and they still like take these opinions, it's, I, I just don't, I, I don't understand how you can see what's happening and, and be like that.
2: It, you wonder what like they have on someone like Fetterman. To your point, Steve, it's like, you can just be quietly evil, you know? Yeah. One of our reps, like Bob Casey, he's he's our other senator in PA. Like He's just kind of quietly evil. We've protested outside of his office, you know, and he just does what he does. He doesn't really acknowledge us, but he doesn't show it publicly or whatever. I don't know if you all saw that video making the rounds. I mean, this went pretty viral, but like a bunch of people in the Palestine coalition here locally went outside his house for a fucking vigil. I want to emphasize that this was a vigil you know, because it got framed as a pro-Hamas mob by the New York Post, Fetterman just could have, like, sat inside, let it pass. Let Like, again, it wasn't like a big rally or anything like that until he decided that he needed to climb up onto his roof and brandish an Israeli flag mm. to taunt people holding a vigil to mourn 30,000 dead Palestinian men, women, and children. What level of like shit do they have on you to make you do that? Or maybe they don't have anything, but like what level of in fucking
1: humanity are you wrought with? Hard to imagine where his mind is on this issue. What are the material conditions that are really pushing him to do this so hard? What are his plans? What is he thinking? Because like you said, Bob Casey, his views are probably lined pretty close with betterments, but mm-hmm. he's not making a show out of it. He's just sitting in his office and plotting evil like, yeah, the like other. a normal senator. <laughs> right. The 50 other senators we could never name. Like, can you name one of the senators of Wyoming? Definitely not. I couldn't. I'm sure they support Israel, but I couldn't name either of them. Yeah. Whereas Federman is a national name. People know him as the Israel guy. Why? That and
0: all the like the right-wing dickheads that I listen to, they all love him now. Mm-hmm. With this and all this shit he's been saying about immigration, I don't know, man, when he was like mayor of Braddock, he had some issues, right? He had issues with, there was some race stuff there and there was some, but he was like at least somewhat hopeful at one point But fuck me. He's just, he's gone off the deep end. I don't, I mean, he's just an absolute maniac. Well, he's showing what a branding
2: exercise it all was for him, right? And like how cynically he deployed like progressive rhetoric because, and you know, Steve, I'm with you, man. Like I got kind of fooled, I think, by the aesthetics at first as well without diving too deep. But even when you get into his like record and Braddock, it's not that great Yeah, in terms of like, you know, selling the community out, I think with respect to like UPMC he didn't really do much to change stuff i mean he put like a couple like a, a couple restaurants came up right like he had this right. rhetoric about like community policing but like there was this whole idea of like oh he's revitalizing this whole this whole community he used that predominantly black community and poor community for his own fucking image right like yeah. got the tattoo of the zip code on his arms and shit like that and now he's throwing all of his progressive so-called bona fides right under the bus, like in the blink of an eye, like it's, it's, a, it's been a pretty rapid descent. And again, people that know, know they've, they've been seeing it for a while. Like he's always been pretty vocally bad on Palestine. Yeah. And now it's been brought to the fore and he's shown that he's not movable.
0: When he was running, you know, my thought was thinking from a Democrat's point of view, when he ran in the primary in Pennsylvania, my thinking was always like the right, we trying to say he was like, you know, DSA or whatever, you know, I was always thinking like, why is the democratic establishment not supporting Connor Lamb? Who's like dyed in the wools, centrist, Democrat, mm-hmm. like blue dog, former Marine law- lawyer, yeah, pro second amendment, all this shit. I'm like, he's like the guy that you would think they'd want him to be president at some point. Now I see like, okay, maybe this is, they they knew this is what he was and he was just always going to come under control.
2: He's almost like getting out of control. <laughs> it's yeah. so bad. But I, He's I
0: don't like, know. what's that one in Arizona? Cinema, cinema. Yeah, yeah
1: I was going to bring that up. That she was another person that sort of started her career as being perceived as on the left. I think she was actually a Green Party operative. She primaried on the right to get into the Democratic nomination, and then at, since she's become senator, she has drifted to the right to the point where now I believe she claims to be an in independent, but caucuses with the Democrats. Yeah, she does. And I haven't heard anything about her since she switched party. So I feel like she sort of like lost her fire with this whole Palestinian cause.
0: I think she's like a prime example of like getting in, getting every bit of money you can and knowing that, okay, I'll do my term and then I I don't have a future in this, but I'm going to milk this for every cent I possibly can.
2: I mean, one thing I'll say, and I think we should get to the article soon though, is that People like Fetterman, you know, some people can sit here and say, oh, like we saw this coming from a mile away. In terms of movement building, like that doesn't do anybody any good. You know, Mm -hmm. like right now you can say, look, like, yeah, you know, he fooled you. Right. But this is just like a really stark example of what electoral politics are in a bourgeois society.
1: Yeah, there's no way to actually hold Fetterman accountable to anything that he rhetorically claimed. I mean, you can't take him out. You can't punish him. He knows where... He's not going to bite the hand that's providing him so much more access and ease to funding than anything on the lower level can give him.
2: And there's a, a really dedicated core of people that like represent like a core constituency, right? Or at least like a cross section of a couple of core constituencies that have been mobilized for literally 115 days to try to talk to him. And he has shown, and so is Casey, and so is Deluzio, In our region here, again, so just for listeners outside of Pennsylvania, that's our two senators and one of our local reps, Summer Lee aside, who's very good on this. She's another local House of Representatives person in Pittsburgh who is taking commendable stance on Palestine. But like those other three have shown that they're completely unresponsive and immovable to, again... A mass mobilization of people that has been going at it for and not just on the streets, on the phones, on emails, at their offices and shit like that. So, again, it's like saying like, oh, this is all a farce. What I told you so isn't really it. Being like, hey, like this is what this is like now. What are we going to do about it?
1: It's it's a moment for that, for sure. It should be eye opening to people that these sort of left of center or leftist Democrats are not always what they claim to be.
2: Let's turn back to the right. Huh? More fun. Yeah.
1: Less depressing, although
2: it's scarier at the same time. We're always punching to the right, and the Democrats are usually in the way. But now that we've given them a few blows tonight, Stevie, I know you got an article for us. From U.S. oligarchy-controlled media, Washington Post.
0: As they say, democracy
1: dies in the darkness. (laughs) 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 Right. Are they going to be rebranding as the darkness post? (laughs) (laughs) everybody that listens
0: knows i i normally listen to a bunch of right-wing shit but i've been delving more into this lib stuff recently i guess which is just as bad anyway we found this article and the title is growing october 7th truther groups say hamas massacre was a false flag and city council hearings protests, and online a growing movement with ties to holocaust denial is a facing history in real time.
2: Just real quick, I mean, because this is what they do with any critique of like the support for Ukraine or any kind of like veneer of anti-imperialism that Trump puts out, like they're going to dismiss everybody on the left and say, oh, you're, you know, you're you're in Trump's camp, right? Because you're with him on this Ukraine thing at like a surface level. And now they're going to do this, like, to all of these, like, genuine, educated, pro-Palestine, anti-genocide movements and say, oh, like, you're all a bunch of fucking Holocaust deniers and October 7th truthers. At least a lot of libs are going to do that.
1: I mean, it's easy to see that that's how that's going to be weaponized. But there's also just the reality that this is how the war is going to be justified as well on the right. So it's like a it's a sword that cuts both ways and it's just Uh so disgustingly effective when it's wielded by the liberal paper of record.
0: As we go through this, it'll become evident, I think, but like these guys will sometimes say stuff that is, that seems anti-imperialist and it's like, they're almost there, but they're not really because they still want to like destroy Iran. Right. And all this other shit. Right. Deep down in everything that a lot of these people say about a lot of different stuff, is anti Semitism, like true real anti Semitism. Not like, oh, you said don't kill Palestinians, therefore you're an anti Semite. It's actual anti Semitism, but no one wants to say that. They're like, these guys don't support Israel. It's like a big thing with, you know, Alex Jones. He goes back and forth between se- being called an op for Israel or being, and like that dude's anti Semitic when you listen to him. Despite the <laughs> yeah. fact he always <laughs> says, like, I was married to a Jewish woman. Well, okay, but you still. <laughs> I have just, black friends yeah exactly (laughs) you still like platform the majority of holocaust deniers in the united states yeah what's that little groifer's name fuentes
2: yeah yeah like that dude's like a nazi
0: i say this at least he admits it i'd rather you know a racist tell me he's a racist or something right yeah (laughs) rather the wolf than the fox yeah okay I'll, i'll continue with this back to the fox (laughs) <laughs> when she first heard about Hamas's October 7th attack on Israel, Mirella Monte was appalled. The South Carolina real estate agent and self-described holistic healer. That comes up a lot with these people as well. I was going to say, that's like, a, that's like a trigger for me. It's
1: like, oh well, we know yeah. where
2: this is going, don't we?
1: We yeah, got really? some tinfoil hat shit coming. That and like health influencer. Yeah. yeah. Self-described
0: holistic healer detests violence and is horrified by war and human suffering. But as Monte read more in Uncensored Truth, a telegram group with 2,958 subscribers active on foreign policy and the supposed
1: perils of vaccination, her shock turned to anger. <laughs> according, according to, I, the I wonder how they can, do they connect those two? Foreign policy and vaccination? F- of course, Will, dude. It's the fucking globalists. Oh, uh, right. It's the China virus and the, the vaccine that doesn't affect the Sephardic or something. What was RFK's thing?
2: It doesn't affect the Sephardic Jews.
1: Oh, Ashkenazi. I think the (laughs) Sephardic... (laughs) Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm only partially protected.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, according to the forum, the news reports are wrong. Secretly, Israel was behind the massacre. Monte now argues the October 7th attack was a false flag staged by the Israelis, likely with help from the Americans, to justify genocide in Gaza. Pure evil, she said. Israel is like a mad dog off a leash. I mean, yes.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's like some truth to that, that what is going on in terms of the occupation and denigration of Palestinian life is caused by American and Israeli hubris. But it's not as though it's a false flag operation. It's what they've been doing in the open since at least 1967. And as far back as... 1948
2: and levi you and i both like we were talking about this in the chat the three of us were really this just like this whole idea that like the palestinians have no agency can't make these decisions can't take these steps on their own it's just that just does not do any service to their struggle
0: at all yeah that's exactly what i was gonna say
1: it's completely ahistorical it doesn't look at reality just staring them in the face and it's also orientalist in that it like you said it's claiming these brown people just aren't capable of actually cognitively creating their own resistance it's israel israel's somehow creating the agency among their own oppressed people
0: the october 7th hamas terrorist attack is among the most well-documented in history a crush of evidence from smartphone cameras and GoPros captured Hamas's breach of the border. A strike, Israel says, left about 1,200 dead. The deadliest onslaught in the country's history.
2: You mean breach of the militarized apartheid wall?
0: Yeah. I mean, there's going to be shit in this article that we don't... Border. agree. That, like, is going to be...
2: Yeah. And I'm going to keep calling it out because, like... Good. That's one thing, like, <laughs> we have to keep doing. Like, this language and shit, just constantly call this out because people just take it for
1: granted. That's definitely true.
0: But October 7th denial is spreading. A small but growing group denies the basic facts of the attacks, pushing a spectrum of falsehoods and misleading narratives that minimize the violence or dispute its origins. Some argue the ambush was staged by the Israeli military to justify an invasion of Gaza. Others say that some 240 hostages Hamas took into Gaza were actually kidnapped by Israel. Some contend the United States is behind the plot. These untrue and misleading narratives have been seeded on social media where hashtags and terms linking Israel to false flag, a staged event that casts blame on another party, tripled on services including TikTok, Reddit, and 4chan in the weeks after the attacks, according to the Network Contagion Research Institute, a nonprofit tracking disinformation. Jesus Christ. But they're cool
1: pretty interested to know what the hell that network research institute is actually doing. So they're claiming this narrative has been around from the very beginning. This isn't a new concept. Is that right? The false flag bit.
0: Usually the false flag shit comes up like a week or so after the events based on listening to Alex Jones.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I did hear that pretty early on. Yeah, I guess I'm blessed that this is the first I've heard of it. As the article
0: continues, it's bleeding into the real world. Mm-hmm. Demonstrators have shouted the claim at anti-Israel protests and have used it to justify removing posters of hostages in cities like London and Chicago. At a November city council meeting in Oakland, California, multiple residents disputed the veracity of the attack. Israel murdered their own people on October 7th, said Cristina Gutierrez, an analyst in the city's housing department where some in the crowd shouted, anti-Semitism isn't real. Gutierrez did not respond to requests for comment.
2: Two things real quick. One, like I said off the top, they're using this to paint every demonstration broadly with this. And again, they're talking about like a 3,000 person fucking telegram channel. Yeah. When there's hundreds of thousands of people on the streets every week, right? But they're saying, oh, demonstrators do this. And like some people did that, right? But I can tell you, I have probably been to... I can't, I I don't even know how many actions I've been to in the past 115 days or whatever it is at this point. Not once have I heard this. Am I saying that like across the country, some lunatic isn't going to be on this Telegram channel and then join one and go shout that? No, I'm sure that's happened. But like, again, they're using this to paint the whole movement broadly and discredit it with this, again, small group of lunatics.
1: And it's even branching out beyond the actual protests because it's saying the mere act of somebody ripping down a poster is being linked to denying the existence of october 7th and claiming that israel has kidnapped its own people and like it's so hard to comprehend and it's without any evidence whatsoever
2: people are doing it because it's propaganda used to justify a genocide which is a legitimate
1: reason to tear down those fucking posters right but nope now it's going to be because you believe it's a false flag operation
2: yeah also like here's another thing there's a conflation of a real fact with like a conspiracies theory israel did kill its own people with october 7th and that's documented and admitted by the israeli i don't i think it was the police at least again this is going back a little while but like they did open fire on their own people in kibbutz with in at that nova festival with
1: tanks and helicopters that is a fact So now, how many hostages do they now know have been killed by Israeli bombardments on Gaza? They just had one woman claim that her son, on further investigation, was not murdered by his Hamas captives, but rather died from asphyxiation caused by poisoning that was done by the Israeli military on the tunnel system. This isn't a conspiracy. This is also well-evidenced and well-documented you know, nearly as well documented as the date of October 7th itself. It's just the mere denial of these things in places like the Washington Post. But of course, it's because these people are utterly crazy that they have chosen to not trust the paper of record, lumping us together with these truthers.
2: The difference here is that we have a critique of capitalism and imperialism. And just media in general and how it right, operates. Right, well, which, which are... Superstructural elements of this base system. Absolutely. Right. And that's why we can't get a real analysis from something like the Washington Post, because they cannot
1: actually critique the systems of power, which they are also beholden to. To so put a finer point on it, they cannot consistently critique it. They can allow one article to be published a couple months after sure. the fact to sort of cover their own ass in 10 years from now, when we all look upon this as a terrible decision. They can go back and say they got it right at the beginning. Just nobody was paying attention.
0: Mm -hmm. Are you guys looking at the article? Yeah. You know, I'm going to read this next section, but right underneath it is a picture of what is probably just a regular protest of pro-Palestinian, you know, anti-war ceasefire people. And they're just, you know, because of this article, they're just lumped in with these maniacs. Yeah. So the phenomenon is worrisome to Jewish leaders and researchers who see ties to Holocaust denial, the attempt to undermine the genocide that killed 6 million Jews during World War II, a belief that has surged online. They also see parallels to many pernicious internet-driven conspiracy theories with anti-Semitic tentacles, including the QAnon conspiracy theory, which alleges globalists, and there you can read Jews, a reference some say to Jews, okay, they actually say it, <laughs> used the pandemic to control the world and disinformation about the 9-11 terrorist attack, which some fringe groups falsely argue were perpetrated by Israel Intelligence Agency, Mossad. That's an interesting take on 9-11. Yeah. There's a built-in audience that wants to deny that Jews are the victims of atrocity and furthers a notion that Jews are secretly behind everything, said Joel Finkelstein, the chief scientist at NCRI, which is that research institute.
2: Israel makes things more dangerous for Jewish people. And like, Levi, I don't want to speak over you here, man. I'm just saying that because you you shared that sentiment, you know? But again, like you have, you have a lot of people because Israel has created this conflation and like the West broadly have created this conflation. Then like, yeah, like a lot of normal people are just going to equate Israel with Jews and it gets really fucking murky
1: for people. Like that, don't have any exposure to this kind of stuff. And then, some place like the ADF, the Anti Defamation League, continues that under the guise of liberalism, no less, claiming that they're just going against hate and anti Semitism while spreading and creating a new definition of anti Semitism, which encapsulates and protects the state of Israel by flating it with a hate crime. And when you do that, you lose legitimacy. If everything is a hate crime, then that basically means nothing is a hate crime.
0: In Ukraine and other conflict zones, smartphones coupled with the velocity of social networks allow the public to witness events in real time, providing a sense of grounded truth about far-flung incidents. But social media is an equally potent tool for distortion, and the internet has a
1: singular power to erase and twist history. They're just mad that the competition, the Washington Post, they want to be the the sole arbiters of twisting and erasing history. (laughs)
0: The head of international relations for Hamas, Bassem Naim, has falsely asserted that the group didn't kill any civilians when it attacked Israel on October 7th, calling the claim Israeli propaganda. Such false claims are finding an audience in a variety of online spaces. So basically, the Hamas attack was a false flag for Israel to occupy Gaza and kill Palestinians, reads a recent post on the Reddit forum, Late Stage Capitalism. Expected behavior from Nazi wannabes. Late-stage capitalism is a community of left-wing activists that bills itself as a one-stop shop for evidence of our social, moral, and ideological rot. But the claim can be found elsewhere on the internet, including publications critical of Israel like Electronic Intifada and Grey Zone. Oh my god. Yeah, I know. And in message groups like Monte's Uncensored Truths, which previously had been focused on pandemic-related gripes about vaccines and conspiratorial ideas about globalists, ushering in a so-called New World Order, right-wing Holocaust deniers have also have latched onto the claims.
2: I, I cannot believe that this person is so bad at their job that they're going to... Lump in the heroic people that do work for the Electronic Intifada who spend hours and hours and hours researching. No, all the history here have people on the ground in Gaza telling the stories with some fucking idiot on our late stage capitalism. How dare this person? This is journalistic malpractice. And like I have my issues with the Gray Zone sometimes as well, but you know what? They've done a hell of a job on this. They've done a hell of a job on a lot of other issues as well. This is insane. I mean, that conflation with some random commenter on Reddit with outlets of integrity and journalistic skill, which this person who wrote this could never, ever even dream of sniffing, is is insulting. Like, I cannot believe that this kind of shit actually gets published. I I listen to Electronic Intifada almost every day just to keep up with what's going on because I respect these people they know palestine they know palestinians they have friends and family there and they've dedicated their lives to raising awareness to this issue and raising awareness to the fact that israel is a fucking nazi state it's a new nazi state
1: and there's some great irony that they say that this cherry picked evidence some factual some highly distorted so they've cherry picked evidence from an r subreddit in order to make the crux of their argument now i'd like to take credit for that observation But that's actually what somebody wrote in relation to that R subreddit where that post was made in relation to the article from the Washington Post. So the subreddit itself is policing that kind of behavior by claiming doesn't belong in that subreddit. But instead of citing that, they just cite what was being policed by the subreddit. Yep. So even on the face of it, it's just not an accurate representation of what's going on there. Insane.
2: This gets taken for like top tier journalism. This is, this is <laughs> dude, democracy we, we, we dies in the darkness. Be- I mean, honestly, <laughs> like we as people just deserve better than this. I mean, this is crazy. Sad stuff. You know what? I, I, Electronic Intifada did address this on like rightfully so. And I did listen to them doing it. Um, I'm glad we're doing it too, but they rightfully responded to this, as did, I think, Aaron Mate and Max Blumenthal with Gray Zone.
0: Yeah, the next line is what uh, Levi just wrote. So all all cherry-pick evidence, some factual, some highly distorted, to push misleading narratives. Israeli citizens have accused the country's military of accidentally killing Israeli civilians while battling Hamas on October 7th. The army has said it will investigate. But articles on Electronic Intifada and Grey Zone exaggerated these claims to suggest that most Israeli deaths were caused by friendly fire, not Hamas.
2: Where are the articles? Why aren't you linking to yeah. Like they're linking to the fact to the article that says they're the the IDF is going to investigate. But okay, so where are the articles that EI and Gray Zone are exaggerating these claims?
1: Well, it's sort of like a self fulfilling prophecy. They don't want to link to those articles because they're claiming that they're just propaganda and conspiracy theory, so they can't link to them. Yeah, but they can make any claim they want about those articles because they'll never actually exist. But then they don't exist because those are conspiracy theory websites that intentionally uh, manipulate how their articles are presented to erase things once they've been caught. You know, it's just like it all feeds into itself Mm -hmm. so that only the Washington Post is the locus for getting the right information, even though they're projecting behavior onto these organizations that they themselves act on. It's just Jeff Bezos masturbating, isn't it? (laughs)
0: <laughs> you know what this article comes under? What section of the Washington Post? Can you guess?
2: Analysis, like, or internet analysis or something.
1: That's one. Levi, you got it? World events, Israel Hamas war. It's under tech. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay. And this, wo- the
0: woman who wrote this is a Silicon Valley reporter. Only the best and brightest. So, one gray zone story quotes an Israeli helicopter pilot describing difficulty distinguishing between civilians and Hamas on October 7th, but the account distorts his testimony, in which he describes in Hebrew the dilemma of facing so many terrorists, said Achia Shatz, director of Fake Reporter, an Israeli watchdog organization dedicated to fighting disinformation and hate speech online. So, I don't know about this story. I don't know if you guys do. Um... She says quotes there, so they take a quote from a guy and then just, just take what this guy says as fact. I mean, I don't know, it just seems like very convenient.
2: Yeah, so like distorts his testimony, distorts. The word is hyperlinked, yeah. and it's an opinion piece from Haaretz. Yeah. okay.
0: An electronic Intifada article from November also argues that most Israeli casualties on October 7th were perpetrated by the Israeli army, basing the story in part on a YouTube clip of a man who describes himself as a former Israeli general. The clip refers to these outsider observations as a confession.
2: I mean, firsthand witness testimonies tend to get used to build stories and
1: understanding around these things, don't they? Uh, No, it's called cherry picking and manipulation.
0: (laughs) Electronic Intifada executive director said in an email, it would appear that the reach and success of the electronic intifada in debunking and exposing the kind of pro-israel propaganda routinely published by the washington post is now causing enough worry that you have been assigned to do a hit piece in which labels such as far left and anti-israel will be deployed in order to try to misdirect your readers from our careful factual reporting i'm surprised you put that in there
1: you know cya gotta bury that in the final paragraph of the third section
0: Two weeks after the Hamas attack, filmmaker Aaron Kishalis and his wife were taking a Saturday walk in the Primrose Hill section of London when they saw a woman ripping down hostage posters on a local bridge. The couple who are Israeli spoke to the woman who said she was removing the posters because the people had not been kidnapped by Hamas, according to video of the encounter reviewed by the Post. Gishalis said he and his wife told the woman that even Hamas has admitted taking hostages. The woman grabbed the posters and walked away, according to the video. Gashalis said the incident, which has now been repeated in several cities, according to other videos posted on social media, left him disturbed. Everyone takes a side in every conflict, and that's okay. But to put it on Israel, that's a lie, he said. Maybe it's easier to lie than to say, you got what you deserve. Maybe it's psychologically easier than saying,
1: I hate you. this is true, I mean, that is rot. That's a right-wing interpretation of what's going on. They're sort of, their wires are crossed. Instead of being anti-Semitic and pro-Israel, they're accidentally becoming anti-Semitic and anti-Israel, which does exist. Which is part of the problem that we're trying to get at, that when everybody is an anti-Semite, then you're not actually targeting the real anti-Semites. Instead, you're conflating the people that have a protest against the genocide of Palestinians with these actual lunatics. And it's causing harm to actual Jewish people that are potentially under attack. Because anti-Semitism is real, but hating Israel is not the same as hating a Jewish person.
2: And I, like... I don't know. I don't know who this person was that was grabbing the posters, but like, I guess I'm hopeful that it was like a young woman that like had gotten enraged by what she had been seeing and maybe fell into some misinformation that could be educated out of like, again, like that Mm. anti-Semitic response. You know what I mean? I mean, I would be hopeful that that could be, but like, this doesn't help that. Like pieces like this do not help that. Like they just like shame people. Like they don't try to educate or enlighten or shed any like real historical truth or context to this at all. They just like say, Oh, like all these lunatics, like they have a problem. You're all crazy. What are you, know, what, what are you thinking? What are you doing? You're what's wrong. And again, that is wrong. Like to, I mean, you have to have a principled understanding of what's going on.
1: Going back to what Pelosi was saying, That's their desire is to muddy that water, to conflate them with some larger conspiracy that's built in their own minds that everybody that's against Israel is somehow conspiratorially anti-Semitic in the same way that anybody that's pro-Palestine is somehow also pro-Russia in China or some sort of puppet of something that they can't control, that individuals can't have their own agency and see what's actually going on and understand that what they're learning in the Washington Post is not a position that they're okay taking.
0: Influencers who question the Holocaust are also among those sowing doubt about October 7th. Despite how it can appear, sometimes I don't actually have an axe to grind with the Jews, said Owen Benjamin, a comedian who embraces far-right and anti-Semitic content in a November post on X. It's just the insane Holocaust narrative and fake war atrocities shoved down our throats as Americans by Israel needs constant pushback, he wrote in apparent reference to atrocities on October 7th. Okay, so she doesn't know... I mean, Owen Benjamin's a complete piece of shit. (laughs) But she doesn't know that that's what he's talking about, right? I mean, she's claiming to know what's going on inside his head. Yeah. Again, he's another anti-Semitic piece of shit that is platformed by Alex Jones.
1: She might have a better idea than we do. Yeah. She's a little closer to his position. (laughs) The current conflict
0: also is helping Holocaust deniers find potential new allies. Neo-Nazis have shown up at pro-Palestinian rallies in several states, seizing an opportunity, analysts say, to push anti-Semitic tropes. I'll let you comment on this when I finish the paragraph, Nick. And they've deployed conspiratorial rhetoric that appeals to different audiences. Dan Hanley, who runs an organization that claims there were no Muslim terrorists involved in the 9-11 attacks, posted on X in November that the Zionist Rothschild cabal was behind both the 9-11 and October 7th false flags.
2: I mean, it's just so frustrating, like getting told what the character of the rallies are that I fucking go to every week. Like, I can tell you what would happen if neo-Nazis showed up at a rally I was at, and it wouldn't end well for the neo-Nazis. Also, like highlighting the neo-Nazis really just diminishes and erases all of the anti-Zionist Jews that show up in coalition with this broad, mass of people every week as well. And like, they wouldn't have that shit either. No- nobody at the rallies would have that shit.
1: So I'll just read the first two paragraphs from that article that's listed about neo-Nazis infiltrating rallies. It says, and this is in the San Francisco Chronicle, By many measures, it was a feeble showing. Seven or so members from White Lives Matter's California chapter hid their faces and displayed their anti-Semitism through signs reading, no more wars for Israel, and promoting t- 2017 hitler deifying fuximation. Europa, the last battle from a bridge in Walnut Creek. So the evidence she's pointing to is that seven members of a neo-Nazi group hid their faces and held up signs at a rally in San Francisco that drew thousands of people. Mm -hmm. And even the article itself starts out with that. Talk about cherry picking evidence. Yeah. They're hoping you're not going to click through, much less read to this point in the article, which... I feel like we've been reading this for hours now.
0: <laughs> I think we're almost done, thank God. Benjamin and Hanley did not immediately respond to requests for comment. Researchers warned that October 7th conspiracy theories may follow a similar trajectory to Holocaust denial, which was waning before social media platforms propelled its resurgence a decade ago. The election of former President Donald Trump, who fanned the flames of white nationalism with his defensive and neo-Nazi rally in Charlottesville, Along with lightly moderated tech services like Telegram, Discord, and Gab, have given new life to Holocaust denial, said Segal, or Segal, Vice President of the Center on Extremism at the Anti-Defamation League. Mainstream platforms like Facebook and YouTube, which permitted such content under their policies until recently, have also played a role. The platforms have enabled extremists to pitch their ideas to more people, replacing swastikas with more broadly palatable internet
1: memes such as Pepe the Frog. I'd like to just point out that the timeline they're stating that Holocaust denial anti antisemitism rose is 10 years, uh, which is about the exact time that Donald Trump began his run for the presidency, which I think is revealing that the Washington Post associates the rise of antisemitism directly to one man running for president. That's not where anti-Semitism came from. He didn't create a fan of anti-Semitism. He was riding on a wave of something that already existed. That's a part of the rot of this society that we're in. And that's the Democratic Party line. I mean, mean, we can't expect anything else from the post.
2: We don't want to diminish the fact that that is a real thing. It is a real tide in this rotten society. Absolutely. But like... When you're citing evidence from this researcher at the ADL, it's like, I don't know, man, like Mike, I have a gut reaction now where I'm like, okay, like I can't take this seriously. I need to investigate this claim because like, is it some pro-Israel propaganda? Like, I know it's real, but like this guy's statement, again, muddies the waters, even for me, you know, and like, I know this is real, but like, where is his statement coming from? Like, what is the motivation for that statement? Is it like legitimate concern for Jewish people in America or is it for Israel as a state entity? I mean, is that unfair?
1: (laughs) No, the ADL in an ideal society would actually be revealing anti-Semitism within the United States. But the reality is, as was stated on, I believe, Jewish Currents, ADL is not a social rights organization. It's an Israel lobby with a civil rights hobby. That's its primary concern is pushing the agenda of the state of Israel. Its secondary concern is showing evidence of anti-Semitism in the United States, but it's always going to subject the second to the first. We've been saying that over and over in different ways, but anti-Semitism is real. There's lots of hatred and race science that are driving the decisions of many of our leaders in our nations, but it's not pro-Palestine rally.
0: This newer brand of anti-Semitism has led a generation of young people to dispute the Holocaust. One in five American adults under 30 say they agree the Holocaust is a myth, according to a YouGov Economist poll conducted in the first week of December. More than a fifth say they believe that the Holocaust was exaggerated.
2: I mean, that is terrifying.
0: Okay, I'm older, but I think I know more than five people under 30. I don't think I know anyone who thinks the Holocaust was a myth.
1: Don't either. I mean, they must be getting this from somewhere. Yeah, it's in The Economist. Are you saying that they're not a reputable source for this information? (laughs) Am I saying that they cherry pick some
2: things? (laughs) No, not the economist. I don't want to like discount, like how wacky the zeitgeist is getting. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. I mean, how popular was that Kanye West Alliance with that dirt bag for those 10 minutes? I mean, was that Nick Fuentes? Yeah. He was with Nick Fuentes. Yeah. These people do have a platform. They are being listened to. Mm -hmm. It is terrible to think that even a handful of people would believe these things, much less what they're claiming. It's just that they're intentionally conflating that with the thousands of people that are coming out and demanding a ceasefire. That's the danger on top of everything is it's it's mudding waters on every level. It's cherry picking and creating a narrative specifically designed to support the continued onslaught by the IDF. Mm hmm against every international body that's come out against it, whether state or otherwise. I mean, the United States is really beginning to stand more and more alone as time goes on in their bloodthirsty, rampant disgust for humanity. I mean, this is Betterman. Like, There's no real description of why he's so bloodthirsty about it. It's just he's the epitome of the American zeitgeist on the Democratic Party right now.
0: The long tale of Holocaust denial is a lesson in what may happen to October 7th, said Emerson Brooking, a resident fellow at the Digital Forensic Research Lab of the Atlantic Council, a nonpartisan think tank. Despite copious real-time documentation of the attacks, extremists will draw people who are genuinely concerned about the atrocities in Gaza, where over 24,000 Palestinians have been killed in Israel's invasion, down a rabbit hole of conspiracies and misleading information, he said.
2: I mean, it's got to be insulting to compare October 7th to the Holocaust, isn't it?
1: Uh, yeah. Because that's, that's what they're doing here, right? The state of Israel does it regularly. They claim it's the largest loss of Jewish lives in one event since the Holocaust, I mean, that's been their battle cry. It's an intentional conflation mm-hmm. of 6 million people with 1,200 people in a state that's been actively repressing an entire population.
2: 6 million people in a targeted extermination campaign— rather than obviously a oppressed, colonized people fighting back against a colonizing state apparatus. And the other thing I just always get a chuckle, like I was smirking as you were reading, Steve, just the Atlantic Council, the nonpartisan think tank. I mean, in a sense, it's true because they don't have partisanship between the Democrats and the Republicans, but they are very much pro-imperialist. I mean, I think this is like a NATO mouthpiece kind of thing, isn't it? The Atlantic Council.
1: Yeah, I think we've run into them in an article before. Mm-hmm. The North Atlantic Council.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's generally indisputable that Hamas did something. The pro-Hamas camp can't erase that entirely, but they can keep chipping away at it. And over time, you're seeing a rewriting of history, said Brooking, co-author of the
1: book, Like War, The Weaponization of Social Media. I think that's the big difference between the right-wing anti-Semitism and craziness that they're pulling here, the anti Israel position, is that we, I don't think, have ever denied that Hamas made this action. In fact, we justify the action as reality and as a response to material conditions. But this article intentionally conflates the two. We're the deniers. We're the conspiracy theorists.
2: No, we're saying it happened and we understand why.
0: (laughs) Right. It's like Nick said earlier, if, if you're, you know, this keep tipping away at it as if, you know, you're and trying to rewrite history again, it takes agency away from the Palestinians and Hamas, right? I mean, we're not trying to do that. Like like Levi said, we recognize this happened and just know why it did.
1: (laughs) This is the last section.
2: Uh Thank God. Yeah. Our poor
0: listeners.
1: (laughs) Don't worry. Most of them have turned it off by now. (laughs)
0: Erasers of historical memory by online tacticians are not confined to the Holocaust, researchers noted. In both Brazil and Argentina, right-wing groups have used disinformation campaigns to question settled facts about human rights abuses under the military dictatorships of the 1970s and 80s. Popular YouTube influencers who support Argentina's far-right president Javier Milei are increasingly arguing that the military's torture and disappearance of tens of thousands of political adversaries during that period didn't happen, according to mothers of the Plaza del Mayo, a human rights group that recently asked Google to remove the content. Finkelstein said that conspiracy theories o- about October 7th are beginning to bleed into the tumult roiling U.S. universities over the war. On X, activists claim Jewish students and Zionists are staging false flag hate crimes against themselves on college campuses. Grayzone called it a contrived campus antisemitism crisis.
2: I mean, it is a, it is a contrived campus antisemitism crisis. Is there, <laughs> no, I mean, it yeah. is. I mean, because they're calling every pro-Palestine organization, every pro-Palestine action on campus as anti-Semitic. That is
1: contrived. By definition, right?
0: While it's reasonable to question the intentions and wartime tactics of Israel's government, Finkelstein said, efforts to say Israel was responsible for October 7th are part of a broader strategy by anti-Semitic extremists to undermine Jewish suffering. First, you have to prove that your enemies aren't really victims or oppressed. He said, if your enemies are victims or are oppressed, your worldview
1: doesn't make sense. The end. Wow. I, I could agree to that under a different I was, situation.
2: I was going to say, like, I have to reread that again.
1: I'm like, oh, okay. But the claim is, I guess, that Israel is oppressed. Right. How many billions of dollars in weapons aid? The comments are fucking crazy.
0: I don't want I, I to <laughs> look at them.
2: The first really comment is pretty
0: good, actually. The first comment is, It's hard to believe that killing 24,000 innocent civilians, including children and infants, along with leaving a million Gazans homeless, could result in so much misinformation. It's a real shame Israel has been being treated so unfairly. I'll be sure to shed a lot of crocodile tears.
2: From Vomit Boy. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's right. (laughs) There really is hope on the internet. I'll tell you what. <laughs> vomit boy. <laughs>
2: Probably reads like Marx and Lenin and shit. And just like vomit boy. Like some like 19 year old. <laughs> but there was that like. Last little thing too. That like again is going to lead us to be. Painted under this or put into this bucket. Right. Like to, efforts to say Israel. Was responsible for October 7th. Are part of a broader strategy. By anti-Semitic extremists. Right. To undermine Jewish suffering. And it's like in a way again like without diminishing the actual responsibility for planning and engaging in the operation that the palestinian resistance undertook but again as we've said time and time again on other podcasts and just tonight as well we're repeating ourselves but like again in the absence of the occupation there is no impetus for october 7th right so israel is responsible for october 7th if not in like the sense of a false flag not in the sense of a false flag, but in the sense that they are literally breeding the material conditions and the forces that necessitate that kind of response from the people that they are oppressing. But Again, we can't, you can't have that level of nuance or conversation in this dumb fuck article on the Washington Post from our lead tech writer from Silicon Valley.
1: <laughs> Personal friends of Jeff Bezos. No, I mean, that's the direct reaction against the Abraham Accords, where they thought that they could make relationships with the leadership of Saudi Arabia and fellow Arab states while completely ignoring, much less denigrating and destroying Palestinian lives. So there is a direct connection. I mean, Hamas has stated as much that it's in relationship to the status quo of how occupation is being run. But that's not to say that Israel is the agent of their own action here. It's clearly the Palestinians that have self-organized and resisted. That's the difference. Also, we're just not denying that the attack happened at all.
2: But You know what? To actually look at what Hamas said in an analysis like this would grant them like a level of humanity that the Washington Post and the media class broadly, our political class broadly, can't even conceive of doing.
1: Yeah, because to them, they're... They're human animals. They Mm -hmm. can't have agency or thoughts or ideology or action reaction to the world around them. They're just animals. I think we stated it at the top, but I guess this article was important to go through all the way, because I I do think that it's telling on two different fronts. I think Trump and his apparatus are really going to try to fan the flames of anti-Semitism again, which is going to empower these kind of cue-brained opinions to actually become more and more mainstream. I mean, we've seen Dick Fuentes catch on fire before. It can happen again if we're not actually careful on delineating what is anti-Semitism versus what is not anti-Semitism. And then more, I think even more important, or at least more apparent already, is that the left of center, the Democratic Party, is going to be using this as a cudgel against the left. They're gonna claim that claiming that Israel is acting beyond the pale is somehow anti-Semitic and a part of this Q conspiracy that can be instantly dismissed because it's linked to this Donald Trump bullcrap reality. It's just this fucking doom loop,
2: man. We're in this fucking doom loop and we need to do something to break out of it.
1: But vomit boy is for. It. <laughs> <laughs>
2: vomit boy, the leader of the fucking vanguard, vomit boy. A <laughs> <Vomit> boy, XX69XX.
1: <laughs> who are we to say the contours of the resistance?
0: I have no way of checking this, but there is a comment that claims, again, I don't know if this is true, but the person who wrote this article is a, quote, renowned Zionist hack that has denied the Nakba ever happened. Wait, What? What? Apparently, the woman who wrote this article, someone claims this guy, quote, is, is it's in the comments. He said that she is a renowned Zionist hack that has denied the Nakba ever happened. I'll have to look in to see if that's actually true.
2: You know what? I'm thinking back to this. And like they did discuss when I said they did discuss this on EI, they found the clip of her and like you could definitely read it as Nakba denialism.
1: Yeah, but electronic intifada, they cherry pick and create narratives that can't be trusted.
2: Right. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know. Looking through these comments, though, and we should... Yeah, I was encouraged, soon, actually. Like, I'm actually, yeah, like, I'm not freaking angry. It's not like... I mean, it would be completely different if it was a Fox News comment section. I w- made the mistake going into that a couple weeks ago, and Dude, it they're was terrible. just like, blood, blood, kill the ball, go into Gaza and kill the ball.
0: Like, it was insane. Insane.
1: And then when you're done, go kill all the Iranians as well. That's basically yeah. the Fox News. I think if we had seen comment sections for an article like this on October 12th, we would have been really hard pressed to tell the difference between Fox News and Washington Post comments. And that's a testament to the fact that what are they saying now? Upwards of 60 to 70 percent of Americans would like a ceasefire in the latest polling.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a testament to folks like the Electronic Intifada doing the work, people doing the work in real life, right? Like at a level here to try to radicalize and expose people like through media, through activism, whatever. But first and foremost, it's a testament to the continued resistance and the heroism of the Palestinian people and their fighting groups on the ground who continue to fight back. I mean, it's a tragedy that like it takes 30,000 bodies for people to actually come around on this, you know? but it's a testament to the resiliency of the Palestinian people to continue the fight, to continue to survive. And, you know, we should just keep doing everything we can and more to aid their struggle in whatever we can, in whatever way we can here.
1: That's a good place to wrap it.
2: All right. Thanks for listening to the intervention podcast. Um, leave us a review, follow the socials, yada, yada, yada. Go out and get organized. We love you all. Solidarity.
0: Yeah.
1: Adios, paisanos.